0: Luke chapter 7, if you need a Bible, if you would just raise your hand real quick, and we'll get a Bible in your hand so you can follow along with us in the text, awesome. Just raise your hand, we got a bunch. Uh, And just so you know, if uh, if you need a Bible, uh, feel free to take that, that's our gift to you. We want to give you the opportunity to do some reading on your own if you don't have a Bible. Um, So feel free. got a couple more. Hopefully we don't run out of Bibles. If so, we'll get more at some point. All right. Uh, We got one, maybe, uh, are we out? Okay. We might have to share some tonight. All right. It's a good thing. I'm happy to run out of Bibles. I'm happy to do that. Um, Okay. Uh, We'll be in Luke chapter 7, verses 36 to forty eight uh, really, all the way to fifty we 'll finish at fifty, uh, shorter teaching as I mentioned uh, tonight, but before we get into the word let 's pray real quick, Lord, We lift up this time in the word to you, God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, that you would meet us where we 're at, uh, if we can identify with any of these characters and any of the things that that you say in this text, I pray that we would. That this would be a a powerful time uh, that we get to encounter encounter the the living God. And that's what this would be all about. Lord, I pray that you would use your word um, to to change us. In your name, amen. All right. Uh, I just have a title for this teaching tonight. No points. Keep it shorter. title of this teaching is Recognizing Our Need for Forgiveness recognizing our need for forgiveness. And you'll see as we get into the text, that's really what this story uh, is all about. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Uh, That's why I picked it. But if you would with me, in Luke chapter 7, verse 36, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him, speaking of Jesus, to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now... When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if you were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is. Who is touching him for she is a sinner. Now when we see the words describing this woman as a sinner, the idea behind this is she's a notorious sinner. It's not like she just sinned once yesterday. She's a notorious sinner. Uh, and most scholars believe based on what's happening in the text that she's actually a, a prostitute. Okay, I won't get into that. If you want to ask your parents about that, go ahead. Uh, but, Anyways, that's the context of the passage. Now, uh, many people believe, falsely believe, that this is Mary Magdalene. Uh, because there's a story in John chapter 12, verse 3, if you want to write it down, uh, where Mary Magdalene anoints the Lord with oil. But this is a different story. This story in Luke 7 happened earlier on in his ministry. Uh, the story with Mary Magdalene happens in the last week of his life. And we'll actually get to that in a few weeks on Sunday. Actually, probably... In about three or four weeks. Uh, but So this is likely not Mary Magdalene. It's not the same story. Just to clear up any confusion about that. But it says this woman who was a sinner. She knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisees house. And she brings him this alabaster flask of fragrant oil. And, and cleans his feet. Now it says that she knew that Jesus was sitting in this Pharisees house. But based on what she does, how she responds to Jesus, she knows more than the fact that Jesus is just at the Pharisee's house. She knows Jesus is the Messiah. She's likely heard him teach. She may have watched him do miracles. She knows more than this is just a guy sitting in a house. She knows Jesus is the one that saves. Jesus is the one that can forgive her of her sins. So that's why she responds the way that she does. Brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, this alabaster flask a, a flask of fragrant oil would have been very expensive, a very expensive gift. Essentially, this was like perfume. Okay, So she takes the perfume, puts it on his feet, uh, begins crying. She also wipes his feet with her hair. Now, leaning on this idea that she's a prostitute, uh, when you look at that culture, uh, hair was uh, a means to seduce someone to seduce a man and and a woman's hair they typically had to cover it up because you weren't supposed to show your hair so this woman essentially what she's doing is she's using the tools that she would use to commit her sin the perfume so she'd smell real nice her hair so it would look real nice and she's laying it at the feet of jesus what she's literally doing is laying her sin at the feet of jesus it would be like if an alcoholic literally put the bottle at the feet of Jesus the comparison here and what's happening in this text do you need to lay your sin at the feet of jesus is there a specific sin for this woman it was her um it it was her lifestyle and what she was doing for us it could be anything it could be a specific object a, a habit could be a specific character flaw could be a relationship could be lust could be pride could be anything this woman recognizing her need for forgiveness from jesus she lays her sin at his feet so she stands at his feet she begins weeping why because she's truly repentant She is expressing something called godly sorrow. And this godly sorrow we see is key for sincere repentance. Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 10, it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication, and all things you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. So we see Paul makes the distinction between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Godly sorrow is, God, I can't believe I've sinned against you. Like I've said, you. I can't believe I put something in my life that would cause separation between me and you and our relationship. Worldly sorrow is, dang, I got caught and I got to face a consequence. Worldly sorrow is, oh man, I don't want to face this consequence anymore. So I'm going to stop doing this particular thing for a certain period of time. But once the consequence is over and I kind of forget about that thing, then I'm going to go back to doing it. See, this woman... She has godly sorrow. It's not that she had to give these things up. She wanted to give these things up. The love of Christ compelled her to put her sin at the Lord's feet. She was willing to do whatever it took to be in good relationship with God. She was willing to put her sin behind her. Just to get close to Jesus. Just to touch his feet. If he'd have anything to do with her, she was willing to pay it all so That she could have a relationship with the Lord. So she kisses his feet. You ever kiss someone's feet? I haven't. But this woman. She kissed the Lord's feet. This is how desperate she is. See what she's doing is basically. pleading for grace and mercy. Says in John chapter 4. Verse 8. Sorry James chapter 4 verse 8. James chapter 4 verse 8. That God gives grace to the humble. This woman, she's expressing ultimate humility. Kissing the feet of the Lord. This would have looked really weird to the Pharisees that are in the house. She's kissing the feet of Jesus. She's pleading for grace. She's pleading for forgiveness. This is also an act of submission. This is actually an act of worship. We've talked about this in the past. But the Greek word for worship is this word proskuneo, proskuneo, okay? And it literally means to bow down before the Lord or fall down before his feet. It's to prostrate, literally, on hand and knees, just, just before the Lord. It's not just a, a lip thing, it's a, it's a life thing. Worship isn't just an expression of the lips, it's a position of the heart, And that's what the Lord is calling us to this lifestyle of worship, this worshipful heart, not just singing to him, but having our hearts, if you will, bow down before him in submission, in surrender. This is what this woman is expressing to the Lord. So it says, I'll reread verse thirty nine. Now, when the Pharisee had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. So he's speaking to himself. But what we see here through Simon the Pharisee, we realize his name is Simon later on in the story, is that he's being extremely prideful. He's questioning the Lord's ability. He's looking down on him. If he were truly a prophet, he would see what I see. He would see what manner of woman this is. He would see the sin in her life. He's judging this woman. He's judging her in his heart. And the Lord clearly speaks against this type of judgment. The condemnation type of judgment. In Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 to 5. It says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. This is Simon the Pharisee. He's got a plank sticking out of his head. This woman is coming to God in repentance. He's so self-righteous. He doesn't think that he needs to repent. He doesn't see his need for forgiveness. He's worried about other people's need for, oh gosh, this woman, she's a sinner. And that's what Pharisees do. Everyone's sin looks, looks bigger than their own. They're focused on everyone's speck, but the plank is sticking out of his eye and they look absolutely ridiculous he's blinded by self-righteousness that's why he makes these comments to himself concerning the lord now it says verse 40 and jesus answered and said to him simon i have something to say to you so he said teacher say it simon assumed that jesus didn't see something about this woman that simon himself saw He was assuming that Jesus didn't see the sin in this woman. He's assuming he can see something that Jesus can't see. But Jesus, he's looking at the heart, right? In First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says just that. That God's looking at the heart. And what Jesus is doing here is he's looking at the heart of Simon. And he's looking at the heart of this woman. And he's going to, through this little short parable, contrast the two. Your hearts look very different. Simon thinks Jesus doesn't see something. But Jesus sees a lot more than Simon realizes. So he gives him this little story. Start in verse 41, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them. Therefore, which of them will love him more? So we see two debtors, one owes 500, the other 50. The point is they're both in need of forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. It doesn't matter how much forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach Simon the Pharisee. You need forgiveness. Maybe not as much as this woman, but you need forgiveness. Maybe your lifestyle wasn't as bad, but you're still in need of forgiveness. The moment we forget our need for forgiveness, that's the moment we become a Pharisee. And that's what we see with Simon. He forgot his need for forgiveness. When we forget our need for forgiveness, we're just like Simon the Pharisee. And when we focus on other people's sins, that's when we often forget our need for forgiveness. We we look at how much worse they are than us. But what kind of mentality is that? It's the mentality of a Pharisee. And he says to him, he poses the question, tell me, therefore... Which of them will love him more? It's not just that one was forgiven more than the other. It's that one also recognized their need for forgiveness more than the other one. Remember, he's using this story to illustrate him, Simon the Pharisee, and the sinful woman that fell at the Lord's feet. See, the more we realize our need for forgiveness, the more we'll love the Lord. The less we realize our need for forgiveness, the less we'll love the Lord. That's what he's trying to get across. And you see many people that have really rough pasts that have been very sinful, that when they come to the Lord, they turn it around completely. That's the illustration. Sometimes the people that were worse off, that, that sinned worse, when they come to the Lord because they realize how badly they need forgiveness, they're sold out for Jesus. And that's what we see with the sinful woman. Luke chapter 7, verse 43. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. So, this wasn't one of those that was supposed to like, whew, go over his head. This was very simple. We can all understand this. But what Jesus was trying to do is to help him see his need for forgiveness. Simon, even though she sent more, you're still a sinner and you still need forgiveness. Sometimes... We just need an illustration from Jesus to learn the lessons that he's trying to teach us. Sometimes it can be through communication like it was with Simon. Maybe a little parable. Maybe the word. Sometimes the illustration is a trial. Sometimes it's a difficult season. Sometimes it's, it's some type of conflict in our life. And the Lord will often use those illustrations to teach us the lessons that he's trying to teach us. He needed to give Simon an illustration to hammer home the lesson that he needs forgiveness. Moving on. Luke chapter 7, verse 44. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. So right there, we see Jesus is saying, you're the two debtors. This woman, the one that owed more, and this other one, you still owe something. And he makes this comparison and ties it back into how this woman responded to him and how Simon the Pharisee responded to him. He says first, do you see this woman? Simon saw the woman, but he saw her as a notorious sinner. Jesus was trying to get him to see her differently. The, the thing that you're judging her for, she's repentant of. You actually have to be more like this sinful woman, not as far as her sin goes, but how she's responding to her sin in repentance and need of forgiveness. See, Simon wasn't seeing things the way the Lord was seeing things. And Sometimes Jesus will do something, give us an illustration, give us a trial, give us a challenge, whatever the case may be, so that we'll see things the way he sees things because he's determined to help us see things the way he sees things. You see this woman, but you're not seeing this woman. You're not seeing this woman how I see this woman. So he continues, I entered your house, verse 44, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. So traditionally you were even and clean their feet often uh the the wealthier people would have gentile servants that would literally clean the feet uh, of the people that came into the house that was supposed to happen uh before supper time um so he says you you didn't you didn't uh give me The courtesy I deserve. You you didn't even treat me like an equal. You treated me as someone less than you. That I'm not even worthy for you to grab a bucket of water so I can clean my own feet. This woman offered to wash my feet with expensive fragrant oil in her hair and her tears. See, it's not just that Simon didn't see the woman the way Jesus did. It's that Simon didn't see Jesus the way the woman did. He saw Jesus differently. He saw Jesus as, as an equal or even less. The woman saw Jesus as Messiah. She saw him as God. She saw him as he truly was. Simon's sight was all off and Jesus is trying to correct his sight. Luke chapter 7 verse 47. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why are they forgiven? Because this was an act of repentance and a plea for forgiveness. This act was a plea in humility for grace and forgiveness. You can only be forgiven if you come to Jesus and ask for forgiveness. Simon doesn't realize his need for forgiveness. Therefore, he's not asking for forgiveness. Therefore, he's not going to be forgiven. This woman will be forgiven. Simon, at this point, will not be forgiven. It says, verse 47, for she loved much. Receiving forgiveness gave her the ability to love more receiving the forgiveness from the lord literally gave her a greater capacity to uh, uh, to love god's forgiveness reveals love to us in a whole new way, a different way than we've ever experienced love from another individual. It says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It was nothing that we did to earn God's love. He loved us so much that he was willing to pay the price of the cross, of death, of separation from his father for a moment of time. It was very costly. That's the type of love that Jesus is talking about. When we receive that love from Jesus, that ultimate act of love on the cross, it gives us a greater ability to love. It gives us the ability to love like he loves. It gives us the ability to love him. It also gives us that agape love, that ability to love others just as he loves us. Verse 48, almost there. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. See, he just told Simon the Pharisee that he was going to forgive the woman's sins, but now he's telling the woman, your sins are forgiven. Why? Sometimes we just need to hear it from the Lord. Sometimes we just need to hear it from him personally. We can have pastors or uh, spiritual leaders or friends or family members tell us, hey, if you come to Jesus, your sins are forgiven. But sometimes we just need to hear it from the Lord himself. But this forgiveness of sins, if we seek it, it's a promise that he will forgive us. It says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, in 1 John 1, 9, it says, and we know that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. This is something we can know. But again, sometimes we got to hear that from the Lord himself. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's speaking it right to her. He already said it. She likely heard him, but she needs to hear it from him to actually believe that he's forgiven her of her sins. Now. Now. They say in verse 49, and those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus in this statement, claiming to be able to forgive her sins is claiming to be God. That's why they're saying this. Wait a minute. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus is saying just through this statement, he's revealing his deity to everyone in the house. Jesus claims to be God so many times in so many different ways, often creative ways. They knew what he was claiming here. He was claiming to have the power to forgive sins because he was claiming the power of God. And it's interesting, Simon the Pharisee looking down on Jesus, an equal or lesser to him. He didn't realize it, but he had God under his roof. He literally literally had the living God under his roof face to face. He was right there and he missed it. Sometimes, God is right there under our roof. He wants to meet us face to face. He's trying to get our attention. He's trying to teach us something. He's trying to tell us something. He's trying to get something across to us, and, and we miss it. We miss it entirely. Simon the Pharisee, he had God right in front of him, and he missed the opportunity. Verse 50, Then he said to the woman, Your faith You to go in peace. It takes faith to come to God and ask for forgiveness. It says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A faith that diligently seeks forgiveness is a faith that saves. That's what this woman did. She diligently sought after forgiveness from the Lord and that was a saving faith. The Lord says, your faith has saved you. A faith that doesn't seek forgiveness isn't a saving faith. It's simply not. If we don't realize our need for forgiveness and don't come to the Lord asking for forgiveness, how do we expect to be forgiven? Finally, he says to her, go in peace. Go in peace. Until you believe that the Lord has forgiven you. And until you receive that forgiveness from the Lord, you won't have peace. It's never going to happen. You can't have peace without the Prince of Peace. And in order for us to have peace, we've got to diligently seek him for forgiveness. He says, you seek me for forgiveness and I'll grant you peace. You'll have a clear conscience with God. We're going to go back into a time of worship. And I just want to close with this. Um, if 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 you're in a position right now where where you're like oh man there's things in my life that I know I need to be forgiven of and, and I haven't asked for forgiveness and maybe that's that that that, that first first being you, you know you need forgiveness from the Lord and, and you know you need to ask God for forgiveness and maybe you know you need to hear from the Lord Himself that He's forgiven you. But first off, you have to recognize your need for forgiveness. I would ask in this time, uh, as the worship team comes back up, yeah, if if you're in that place right now and you're like, man, there's these things on my heart. There's these, there these things that that I'm struggling with that that I just got to get off my chest and just got to confess to the Lord. Uh, I would ask you to do it at this time. I understand if you're like, oh, I don't want to say this next to the person uh, that I'm sitting next to or whatever. Say it in the in your heart. The Lord knows what's in our hearts. Uh, but anything, any sin in your life that's preventing you preventing you from a, a deeper relationship with the Lord that He's asking you to lay at His feet. This was a time for you to to confess. But the Bible doesn't just tell us to, to confess to God. It says confess to God to receive forgiveness, but it says in James chapter 5 to confess to man for healing. It's, we're supposed to do both. Not just confess to God, but also confess to man. So I'm going to have a few uh, leaders up here. Julie, if you could come up. Um, uh, we'll have some people up here. And if you get, need to get something off your off your chest, if you're like, man, I need some healing with this, I've confessed this thing to the Lord, but I haven't confessed it to man, and I feel like I need to, uh, there'll be people up here to pray with you. Come grab one of us. We would love to pray with you. Um, it's between you and us. Um, uh, so uh, we'll end with that. Let's pray real quick. Lord, as we go into a time of worship and confession, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would you would show us what those areas are in our lives that need to be laid down at your feet, that you would give us the boldness, the faith to confess those things, and that you would forgive us, Lord, that you would you would make it clear to us that we would be confident that you forgive us. That we would trust your word and your promise that you will forgive us if we confess, God. And if there's anyone here that needs to confess something to man, I pray that you would give them the boldness as well uh, to confess that thing, Lord. Uh, stir our hearts during these these um, last several songs, Lord. Help us to to draw nearer to you during this time. In your name, amen.